Did you know Bold Commerce has some of the best apps to increase the size of almost all your orders? Maybe you're looking to run store-wide sales with countdown timers. Boom! Bold Discounts will run your scheduled promos with just a few clicks, no coupon codes required. Or maybe you're looking to maximize average order value. You could count on Bold Upsell, Bold Motivator, or Bold Bundles. With Bold Upsell, you can offer product upgrades, cross-sales, or complimentary products as free gifts. With Bold Bundles, you could boost average order value by bundling a few products or an entire collection so that your customers can mix and match items to get a discount. Now, hey, when was the last time you made an online purchase and saw a message like, spend 15 more dollars for free shipping? With Bold Motivator, you could do that same thing and more. Offer free shipping, free product, or even a percentage off the entire order. Pick and choose which apps are best for you, or use them all to boost conversion at an average order value. With free bold apps for 14 days, there's no excuse not to try and boost your sales this year. To get this special offer, go to boldcommerce.com slash Kurt. That's boldcommerce.com slash K-U-R-T. I know we're both geriatric millennials at approximately 40. Uh, no, I am technically Gen X because it's 1980. That sounds so much cooler than millennial. Gen X? That's badass. You're like a mutant. You're wrecking society with your avocado toast, whereas I remember when MTV was good. <laughs> I also remember when MTV was good, thank you. And I own a home and love avocado toast. Mm, yeah. Uh, do, do you have fond memories of, of summertime barbecues, drinking on the beach? I mean, I don't because I grew up in a Skinner box, but I'm wondering if you do. Uh, I don't have a script in front of me, so I can't answer. Unlike you reading that off a script. Well, otherwise, <laughs> I stutter and just go completely <laughs> off the rails. Hey, everybody. Do you poop out at parties? I had a meet a Benjamin. Uh, <laughs> sure. I cook outside all the time. I love barbecuing. How about getting really hammered with your friends, assuming you were like 20 years younger? Uh, no, I don't do that. All right. <laughs> You know, I didn't do it until I was... I don't like fun. I did not visit a beach with a bonfire and get drunk until I was an adult. No, I've never done that. We did, like, no traveling as a kid. But it seems like a really fun thing to do for a lot of folks. What if you could build a lifestyle brand around this? Does not sound healthy. <laughs> you know, all things in moderation. <laughs> we are talking... We have a uh, returning guest here. We are talking to about... Four, four, etc. Yeah, uh, we're talking about shitty coolers, a brand that celebrates the good times. It is a lifestyle brand, and they were on uh, a previous ep the episode of the show. I think it was two uh, hundred something, February twenty twenty, and we were talking about this brand and how they'd gotten it from just a, a goofball idea to a seven figure brand. Now today, these guys are a client. You built a really awesome theme for them. We're going to talk through that uh, and get an update on their progress. So we're joined by Craig LeBlanc, who has joined uh, Shitty Coolers full-time this year. Congrats, Craig. And he took on redesigning the site. And you developed that site. This has been a, an ongoing project for us. Just launched in the last 24 hours. And so this is fresh in our mind. And uh, the only thing I really did here was write some Shopify scripts to power it. But I still get to take partial credit. That's the best part. You're, you know, you're the, you're the supervisor. I did. I you, supervised. You supervised. You know, that's very necessary. Yeah. Did some loafing. Uh, Craig, 
Mr. Craig LeBlanc, are you there? Yep, what's up, Kurt? Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Uh, so how long have you been involved with Shitty Coolers? Uh, so I've been involved with Shitty for the last five years, four of which were part-time. Um, you know, most of our team has been part-timers or a couple guys that were full-time. Uh, but up until recent, um, most of it was kind of 50-50 part-time, full-time, but now the entire crew is on full-time. What changed? What was the thing? Because this has been going on since 2016 now. Yeah. Yeah, what changed is I think we all kind of felt it that that next step is very close, but we had to go all in in order to get to that next step. Um, but yeah, we all just felt it from the culture that's behind shitty coolers and the lifestyle that's now built around it. Um, our proof of concept with backpack coolers, uh, people love what we're putting out with those. So the timing just felt right for every single one of us. It's cool that the the team was able to uh, believe in it and, and commit to it and the business was able to support it. So, uh, let's start with, how do you spell shitty coolers? Shitty coolers is spelled S-H-I-T-I. And we actually, Mm. we we have that trademarked, uh, which I'm not sure how many people have something that's that closely related to a swear word trademark, so we take pride in that too. So what's what's the deal with the name? What's the story here? Who or what is shitty coolers? Uh, Our mission up to this point right now is we design badass party coolers that make drinking easy at an affordable price. Um, so everything we do, we try and build it around that mission statement. Um, if you want to reflect back on like where we've come from, though, uh, we've gotten to this point just based off of one sticker. So the co-founder of the company, Trevor, uh, Trevor Zachney, he came back from a country music festival in Michigan. Um, and he, when he was at that festival, he saw a bunch of people you know, with some old-ass coolers that did the job and kept your beer cold, and they were perfectly fine. Then he saw some other people that had Yeti coolers, these big bulky coolers that they would lock up at night or that they would put inside their truck and they were afraid of anyone taking them. And he kind of just thought that was interesting. And he got back from the country music festival and he was talking to his brother, Austin. And coincidentally, Austin had just bought a Yeti cooler while Trevor was away. And Trevor started ripping on him, making fun of him a little bit, saying like, why would you buy that overpriced cooler? Trevor had this old ass green cooler that he took a napkin, wrote the word shitty on it and taped it to the front of it posted it to Snapchat, got some laughs out of it. And it took them a little bit, but they actually like looked at it and they're like, that might actually, we might be able to run with this, you know? So they bought some stickers, started selling them on eBay. They were selling out quickly, just fulfilling orders out of the back of Trevor's truck. Before you knew it, they had a Wix website. They were selling, I think, 10 to 15 individual stickers. Shortly after that, it turned into hats and t-shirts. And before you knew it, like this thing was just catching a ton of momentum where, you know, they went from 10,000 to 50,000 to almost 100,000 followers on Instagram um, and, and Facebook especially blew up. Uh, but within the first couple of years, it really caught a lot of momentum. But the whole brand started out with just a simple sticker that said the word shitty on it. It starts with you've, a single product, shitty cooler, sticker. Yeah. That evolves to multiple stickers and then T-shirts, a brand plate. So I, I have one of these on my toolbox. I think yeah. it's funny. that. You know, like a 3D looks like a a fancy uh, brand plate. My ten year old saw it. Goes, is that a joke? <laughs> like, yes. My tool yeah. chest is not actually a shitty cooler. And now what I think is interesting is the name of the brand was Shitty Coolers. Didn't actually sell coolers. And then, yeah, uh, more recently, yeah, you sell uh, the the shitty cooler. Yeah, the so backpack. We we, we kind of we make fun of that to to a point to where we kind of took the ass backwards route to it to where we launched 
like all these products around the cooler without launching the cooler, which at a certain point, our site was getting a ton of searches for cooler because new people would come and be like, hey, where are your coolers at? So we, we fought that battle a little bit early on, but we really built the culture around the cooler, which now makes it much, much easier for us to actually push a cooler. And it's funny, just to go back real quick, you talked about the brand plate. I can remember the first day that we launched the brand plate and all of us were up north drunk in a cabin. And like we're like, I wonder if these things are going to sell. And we're literally pulling up Shopify, just looking at these brand plates, selling like crazy. And that was one of the first moments, I think, as a group that we realized, you know, we can push we can push a lot of different things and very rarely do they not sell to some extent. We just, we have that good traction with our community and culture, like our followers right now. And some keywords I'm hearing here are, are community and culture. And that's, what's interesting about it. Cause us on its surface, trying to explain this makes us sound insane. We're like, <laughs> yeah, it's a brand called shitty coolers that doesn't actually, or it for a while didn't sell coolers. Eh, it mostly sells stickers, t-shirts and some patches. What is that that culture and community and lifestyle that you you tapped into there? Um, I think it's just knowing that you can embrace the the good times and the bad times when you're out there just trying to have fun with friends, family, whoever it may be, around a campfire, at the beach, at the pool. Um, just not taking life too seriously. We really like to us as a group. Anytime we're together, man, we we laugh so much, and that carries over into when we interact with our customers. And anytime we're producing content. It's very much humor-based content where we're just trying to get like a laugh out of our, our community and really connect with them and not look fake. We're very real in just about everything we do. Um, so I think that's our take on it. You look at a lot of these brands that are extremely high-priced and they feel like they have to look a particular way or fit a certain persona. And we're just kind of like, fuck it. We are who we are. Like We like to have fun. Um, and we enjoy having a good time, whether that's, you know, just having a couple of beers around the fire or really getting wild at a music festival with, with your buddies. So I think what's interesting for a, a lifestyle brand like this to work, you are, it's really a, it feels like a variation on, it feels like a variation on nostalgia where you take this moment in time, like hanging out with your buddies, having some beers, having fun. And then you turn that into like, this is. A, a brand that represents this 24-7. You know, it, it's not unlike uh, what you see Jimmy Buffett do with selling stuff to the Paired Heads and Margaritaville. It's a really clever way to run a lifestyle brand without having to go, you know, the full, uh, like, premium luxury experience. It works both ways. Yeah. But you have to be committed to authenticity. And I think that's where... Uh, that's the, the, the pitfall that has to be avoided. Yeah. Real quick, the, the team is going to love how you just pointed out Jimmy Buffett with Margaritaville because we talk about that lifestyle and the way it fits in the brand so perfectly. So, yeah, they're going to they're gonna really like that one. Interesting. Okay. So it, I'm not crazy. I picked up on it. Yeah. Uh, also, I've been listening to a lot of Jimmy Buffett, just preparing myself for summertime. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So how long uh, has this site been on Shopify? Uh, we have been on Shopify. I want to say we launched it. We launched it actually. It was like Halloween night of 2017. I want to say. Um, so it's it's right. It's at about four to five years, like right in that time frame. Maybe a little or, and, more, a little less. Uh, did it start with the theme that it had until recently? Um, we started out with a theme called 
I can't even tell you what our first theme was called, but it, it wasn't very good. Uh, when I say it was like, <laughs> it was like district or something like that. And we actually, we heard about uh, out poor of, district. We heard about out of, it, it's no fault to district. We were just so new to it that we didn't know what we were doing really. Um, like we put together something that could sell, but it by no means had like logic built behind it and reasoning why we were doing what we were doing. Um, we actually got turned on to out of the sandbox when Trevor and I were listening to your show. I don't know how we even stumbled across your show at first, but you always ran the ad at the start and the finish for out of the sandbox. And the first theme that we actually transitioned to, I believe it was flex, I think is what it was. We, we jumped onto flex at first. Um, and it just, it, it was a good fit to where we didn't need any additional engineering to be done or any custom coding, like out of the box, we can make it look like a pretty good website, very functional, and we could incorporate the brand into it. Um, but I mean, over the last two years, we've definitely hit a threshold to where we knew we needed to get to a point where we could redevelop our site and add customization to it. It was just a matter of being able to dedicate the budget and most importantly, the time leading up to it. So you're on turbo by out of the sandbox for yeah. some time. No, they're on flex. I flex. Said. Flex, yeah. Flex, my we're, on, we're on Turbo now. So, you're, yeah, you were on Flex for years. Big, You made a big new custom theme, and this was a big project. Uh, it takes a long time. It's a big commitment by you guys. What was, like, the triggering issues that you were having yeah. that made you want to completely do a whole new theme? Yeah, no, that's a good question. I would say uh, when we went to the site, we felt like it didn't encapsulate, like, the uh, – the brand so where if you go to our site now and i'm sure after this episode you'll be able to drop the link in there and everything um to where people can check it out but it's very vibrant the way that it captures like the colors and the ice cubes and the photos and the ways that the way that the videos play in certain areas we looked at our previous site and it was just like a black background with a bunch of static images it just it looks stale and it didn't really fit the type of feel that we were going for when somebody lands on our website now, after we've just launched in the last 24 hours, the headline says right now, your party starts here. And it really looks like your party starts here, hundred percent. Like you, you get that feel with like the ice cube backgrounds and the videos. It just, it looks the part now. So I think we hit a point to where we just recognized that we needed to do a better job of encapsulating the brand through the website. And the only way to really get that done was by doing it right. We could have done like a half-ass approach and pushed out something that was just very basic. But we, when we did take that leap, we knew we wanted to you know, build out the wireframes in Figma, work with developers like yourselves, and talk through any and every customization that we could do to really take that next step and then not have to look back and be like, oh, we need to reiterate it on, again, reiterate on it again soon. What we have in place right now, it's a good building block for us to add on little by little over time. So you went from, we just had district, then you had flex, and it was customized, and you had like very, uh, a lot of features and apps yeah. powering it. And so the, the, the trigger event is at some point you just went, this no longer represents our brand as yeah. we gain more experience and it evolves. 100%. Diving in and you then just went straight into let's build a custom theme so that we get exactly what we want. What's that look like? What did the, the design, the discussion look like? The thought, how do you get there? Because it's a big leap to go to, all right, we know enough, we're going to build our own custom theme. Yeah, I think, I mean, a huge piece to it that I can't, like emphasize enough is you have to have somebody a part of your team or you have to have access to getting the assets that you need to really make it look the part. So Luke, I mentioned him earlier already. He's our content manager or our director of content. And the way he, his perspective on things, the way he looks at the brand, the way he can go to an event or just out in public and 
get certain photos to look a particular way and record video content that looks a certain way to fit the brand, that is 100% needed for you to even have that conversation, I feel. Like if you can't, if you can't tie the products along with like the, the feel of your brand, um, that, then it just, it's, it's not gonna fully come together. So we really hit a point to where we knew we had all of the content that we needed based around you know a large amount of products to where we could highlight different types of backpack coolers, stickers on a cooler, shirts, hats, whatever it might be. We had everything we needed to launch uh, when it comes to like the assets. And then really it was just getting the ball rolling with those early conversations, man. Like we were having weekly meetings from September through November where we were specifically talking about layer by layer what we wanted. Hey, what do we want the homepage to look like? We would talk about that one week. Next week we would talk, what do we want product detail pages to look like? What do we want collection pages to look like? Should our explore menu look like this? And when we were dissecting this, every single meeting I was taking notes, we were, and you're, you're aware of this, Kurt, I mean, we based our designs off of a mixture of three to four or four to five different websites. So we were picking apart other websites that we liked and we incorporate pieces of those websites into our current site now that you guys built. So it was two to three months of consistent conversation. And from that point, that was when we really got the ball rolling with you guys, where we were trying to set like a date of when you guys would potentially start working on it. So I'd say for probably from November through the end of January, I was just like head down building out wireframes. So I used Figma for wireframes. Um, and I did everything from building out what the homepage should look like to product detail pages, collection pages, the cart drawer, um, the navigation menu, the announcement bars. So we really, when we were building out those wireframes, we were even taking in the assets that Luke already had. And we knew what we were going to be placing in all of these sections. So it's not like, hey, we want a video here. I wonder what it's going to be. It was, no, hey, we know what, what video exactly we're going to be using for each point of the website. So that that really helped bring it to life before there was even any type of testing model from you guys to get a first look at it. Content features design, which which led the way, which took priority in this process? I would, I would say content design then features. Without the content on this site, um, the features and design of it totally lose their, their like strength. Yeah. And I want to reemphasize that because, you know, a lot of times, you know, we get designs and we, you know, we experience clients that have no content. So they just hand us designs. That's the default. I mean, they, yeah, they hand us designs yeah. and they just kind of have like a lot of gray areas. That's like an image would go here. Yeah, we'll figure that out later. Yeah, we'll figure that out later. And so it's like, okay. And then, you know, we kind of do all the work and then they give us the images or they don't give us the images. And they just, it's just like, that well, section just has to go away. Yeah, it's like, why isn't it done yet? Oh, yeah, we, we'll, we, we'll do it later. We don't know what's going to go there. So just delete it. Or then they give us stuff that d won't fit in the design because they never think through the content. Yeah. And I was pleasantly surprised by you guys because you guys had a lot of, spaces where it's like well a video will go here well another video will go here well we're gonna have an image here and i'm like these fucking guys aren't gonna make all this video <laughs> bullshit because yeah. yeah. i've been burned too many times in the past but no yeah. you came through <laughs> yeah no i mean we're lucky man luke luke is uh incredible at what he does and he's ambitious with what he does so like his perspective on things is you know I look at the brand a particular way. Trevor looks at it a particular way and same with Austin and Luke takes in like all of our perspectives and he kicks out some badass videos, man, whether it's, you know, our homepage header video or the hour story video that I just sent you guys uh, yesterday. 
he's been working on that one for months and it's probably the best thing he's ever produced it's awesome so he does a good job and that like i said content's the number one thing and then i think i said design then features the design i say design because i was very big on taking what other companies in the e-commerce space were doing like a dr squatch or a chubby's or a truff we looked at those websites and we really loved what a lot of them offered so we picked apart certain pieces from each each spot and we incorporated it how can you increase your Shopify sales by 10 to 15% overnight? Well, you could make a deal with the devil. Can you believe it? All I had to do was give him my soul. <laughs> or you could just use Zipify one-click upsell. Created by the owner of a $100 million e-commerce store and trusted by over 8,200 Shopify merchants, one-click upsell helps you boost your average order value with targeted upsells and cross-sells. Plus, it's got mobile-optimized offer pages that drive sky-high conversions and built-in split testing for maximizing your results. It's no wonder one-click upsell has made its users an extra $162 million in sales. And it only takes a few minutes to install the app, launch your first upsell, and start generating 10-15% to 15 more revenue overnight. To start your free 30-day trial, go to Zipify.com slash Kurt, that's Z-I-P-I-F-Y dot com slash K-U-R-T, and to get an unadvertised bonus, email help at Zipify.com and ask for the Tech Nasty bonus. Tech Nasty. So you identify, like, this is best in class, that you know, stuff that would work for us. So you know, like, all right, that's what we want to work from. Yeah. That's our, our tools in our toolbox. You've got your, the goal is better represent the brand and provide uh, this really like hyper branded lifestyle experience. And then the content is what supports that. And you have, is the same person who does the product design, because it's a lot of graphic design, the same person who does the illustrations yeah. and a lot of the, the graphic work on this site. Yeah. So that's another good point to go off of too. Like we have all of that content, but then if you scroll throughout our site, our footer image, I think uh, Austin, he saw something from Yee Yee Apparel that he really liked in their footer. So he mocked something up for us to incorporate into our footer. If you scroll down our product detail pages, certain sections, you see ice cubes dropping. Um, so like he's incorporated ice cubes. So when it comes to illustrations, Austin does all of our product development. So every funny ass shirt that you scroll through on the site or sticker, um, he's the one designing that along with the backpacks. And if you check out the illustrations, he's doing that too. So Man, I can't like emphasize it enough, the way that our group has clicked together in terms of an e-commerce company. We stay in each of our own lanes and we fit the mold of what an e-commerce company really needs to run effectively without having to be at like very large scale. So we're all like, we're fortunate that each of us click in our own lanes in that way. Define those four roles for me. Yeah, so I manage, I head up anything tech, so external or internal. So when you look at like the website or us getting onto Amazon and getting set up with like the, the certain requirements to make sure everything is functioning smoothly, like gorgeous chat integration for our support, Clavio for our email marketing, Emotive for our SMS marketing. I'm getting up free advertising here. Um, but you, you, all of those integrations, that falls onto my plate. Um, the product development, so anything product related is Austin. So backpack coolers, stickers, t-shirts, that's all Austin. Uh, Luke is everything content production. So any video that you see, any photography that you see, that is solely Luke. Um, and then there's Trevor, who Trevor is like, he's the jack of all trades within our business. Like right now we're trying to go through and we're really trying to take a big leap 
um, to becoming, you know, the next big cooler company, next big party cooler company. So we're out there looking for rounds of funding and really trying to take that leap. Trevor's the one that's the face of the brand. So he's getting out there. He's having the important conversations. He's the one that looks at all of our back end processes. And he looks at what Luke's doing, what Austin's doing, what I'm doing, and he ties it all together. Did any of you have experience in this or has it been trial by fire? When I first started working with Shitty Coolers, Luke was like a senior in high school or a junior in high school. So he would literally come out of school and we'd have meetings at this place called Rock Sweeping. Man, this place, if you could look at like what we were working in um, and where we're at now, it's just, it's hilarious. But he would come in after school, he'd be a part of our meetings. He had an opportunity to go to college and do his thing with, you know, video production. Um, he has aspirations to like record movies and stuff like that. But he looked at what we have and he was like, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to commit everything I have to Shitty Coolers. So his background is just him doing all of this on his own. And he's very big into like learning. So he's always consuming more and more information to improve his craft. Uh, Austin, he, he's always been very, he's always been a funny dude and artistic and just has that good sense of humor where he knows how to get like people to laugh and bring it out of them. And I don't know why shitty coolers did it with them, but it just like clicked to where his designs they just they roll out with the brand and they're perfect. And he doesn't have any background with, you know, Adobe Illustrator or any of this stuff. He just learned it all on the fly. And Trevor went to school to be a physical edu education teacher. And he actually was a teacher for, I don't know, I want to say like seven years. Um, so Trevor, for most of the time, at one point, he was working in a city called Gross Point, which was after work was like an hour commute. So Trevor would get out of school at like three o'clock, whatever time it was, commute an hour and then show up to the office and work till like seven o'clock. And so every Jeez. day that was like his day. So yeah, man, it's been like, I can recall us meeting on like Sunday nights when that was like the only time that we could all meet as a group. Uh, Cause we were all doing different stuff. So like the grind that we had to put in for three to four years before, like we always knew it was working, but we had those moments where, Summer kicks ass, but then, man, winters sucked when you're just trying to be a cooler brand and you only have stickers. It's not fun. Um, so there's been a lot of transitions along the way from, like, we just transitioned our fulfillment out to uh, a different provider in Chicago. We have all of our print-on-demand stuff at a, at a provider in northern Michigan. So, like, we're... Wait, is that Chicago provider ShipBob? It is, yeah. ShipBob. They sent me a t-shirt or a sweater that just says Bob on it, but there was no indicating info on it. And so for months, I would just wear this thing and had no idea where it came from. <laughs> and it was just a, it was an amusing joke. My kids were like, who's Bob? Like, I have no idea. And months later, I figured it out. Veered off course there. Um, to go back to the team, though, that was like the background of all of us. So when it comes to directly e-commerce saying we went to school for this and studied it or that this was any of our expertise, it 100% was so, not. So This team did not have e-com business or marketing experience. It succeeded handsomely. Yeah, I mean, me and Trevor, we, me and him taught Facebook ads to ourselves and worked with each other to learn it. We ran our own ads for probably two years. So that's how like we managed the marketing side of it was we just kind of learned as we went. Um, yeah. You've done a, a tremendous job learning as you go. And experience is, is the best teacher. But they want to talk more about this custom theme. Yeah. And I want to hear about... There's a lot of uh, special features, intricacies, logic, uh, some some augmented reality, but I didn't do the work. Paul, could you talk to this man about developing this theme? Paul's probably close to being done to talking with me, ma'am. I've been I've been, I've been all over Paul the last few weeks. 
this is yeah this is like a weird exit interview because it's sort of like <laughs> i've spent the yeah. last three weeks wanting to kill myself and now you're like roping me back in just to be like we'll talk about it more it's like i don't like i spent <laughs> i spent most of last night sitting in the dark in my basement watching the batman and that was you know that was pretty accurate <laughs> of how i was feeling after getting this site finally launched <laughs> so I don't. I don't know if that's a great thing or a, a bad party thing. Party cooler website, <laughs> and built, now you're emo Batman yeah, in your basement. Yeah, yeah. Built. You know, it could have been a party cooler website. It could have been a website for caskets. I would have felt the same <laughs> way no matter what. Wow. <laughs> I don't know what to do with that. No, I get too. Uh, I get too. I care too much. I think we determined is the problem. Is I care too much, and then anytime anything is not hundred percent, I'm just like I'm a piece of shit, and this is a piece of shit, and everything is horrible. So then I just become emo Batman. <laughs> Kurt knows how fun I am to be with in the office. <laughs> in my past experience, I have I've worked with engineers on projects like this, so I like I got a gauge of what Paul was like to work with pretty quickly at the start. And in one of our meetings, Paul just goes, I just want to thank you for when I said no, not giving me a bunch of shit. Like I, one, of, <laughs> I, one of the custom things that I asked, I go, I, it was a big ask and I knew that it was. And he just goes, no. And I said, okay. And he, he like got on, like when he got on the call, he made a point of it to be like, thank you for not being a dick to me basically and trying to push for it when the answer was no. So I think a lot of it's yeah. knowing your limitations with these custom developments, man. It's you got to ask yeah. questions, but you also have to know when you're just wasting time and butting heads. Yeah, we were p really pushing the edge of stuff. We were pushing the edge of my abilities. We were pushing the edge of what we could do in Shopify. And so there was a lot of stuff where Craig was like, what about this? And I was, and it was one of those things where I was like, all right, I could, some things were just no, like that's not technically possible. And some other things were like, all right, I could spend three days on this for a 10% chance of it working. Well, so that's it, also a no. <laughs> you also have some features that are fragile, where it's like, it will work so long as nothing ever changes. Yeah. yeah. And then like, you know, a content changes or like a new device width comes out and suddenly like, oh, my layout doesn't work anymore. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, well, so what, what, what are these bleeding edge features? Um, okay, well, the opening, the opening uh, bid for this website that you and I noticed and we got obsessed with was in the design, the review stars are not stars. They're ice cubes that are filled out. And we were like, I wonder if we could do that. Does that even work? I was like, well, if it's stored in a meta field, I can pull the meta field and I can like write code to figure out what the score is. And then like put a transparency over a block of ice cubes, depending on how high the score is. And like we, it was like- So you wrote your own customer review star widget. Yeah, we, <laughs> we wrote, the opening salvo of this store was write your own customer review star widget so the stars could be ice cubes instead of stars. And <laughs> yeah, it, it, and run on top of the meta fields that just are used by whatever Okendo. review app. Okendo. Okendo. Yeah, what's nice is, I don't know, probably most review apps write the ratings for the app or for the product into the product's meta fields. Yeah, so you can just pull it. And so once you had that data, it's like, okay, now how do I transform and manipulate that? Yeah, yeah. And then I think it was smart because ice cubes are a recurring theme on this site. So it w like that was one of the first things you're like, the review stars are ice cubes. Is that even possible? It's not possible. And then like an hour later, you're like, I think maybe I could do it. And then the next day, you're like, look, Ice Cube review stars. And we were thrilled because that really, like, set the tone for this is we're going to challenge ourselves. Uh, and, like, 80% of the time, it's going to work great. Yeah, it, it 
<laughs> that, that did set the tone and that it very much was like, hey, I saw this thing in the design. What the fuck is he doing? <laughs> and, and then, I can't do that. And then like an hour later, like, all right, I think I can do that. And then uh, me, 90% of the time, actually able to do it. And I was so excited about the review stars. And I showed <laughs> so that, my wife. That, that was something at the start, too, where it's like we had those in the wireframe. But if you would have said no, I knew I was pushing the pushing the boundaries on that one to where I've never seen custom review stars like that like that so when we kicked it off with that i was like oh this is gonna go really smooth actually yeah like i don't mean to harp on it but it like truly is the anecdote that like personifies the entire project of like what we ended up doing so you know uh for me generally it started out as a standard thing what we do when we build a custom theme for someone uh we actually start with turbo because turbo just has so many functions and features already plugged into it uh even more so than dawn like dawn dawn is like kind of meant to be the base theme i feel like that shopify wants you to do because obviously it's free it's supported by shopify but as part of it being sort of the base thing it doesn't give you a lot of stuff out of the box so in the hopes that like you would kind of build your own if that's what you're doing is, is you'd build your own features uh but we didn't want that. We wanted to kind of be already halfway, you know, with the race halfway done. So that's why we always start with turbo. Uh, and, you know, and then it was just figuring out, all right, what, what things on this design are elements that already exist in turbo that don't need to be touched, elements that already exist in turbo that I'm modifying, or things in sections that I'm entirely writing from scratch. So, and I mean, that's all... That's you just break down the design page by page and block by block on every single page. And it's like, okay, what am I doing here? Like, what is my, what's my starting point here? Do I do nothing? Do I just got to like change the font size? Do I, or do I have to completely write an entirely new section from scratch? It sounds like your approach is to take the, the glacier that is the project and break it down into ice cubes. Ice cubes. <laughs> um, yeah. Like, I mean the, the menu, um, the, the header on the store so the way that the standard turbo, just to give you an example, the way the, the standard turbo header works is that there's a desktop header and turbo actually annoyingly has a second header that it calls for mobile and it switches it out. The, and because it started with a, with a hamburger menu that like flies out from the left in the design, that's how the turbo mobile header works. So all I did was completely disable and remove the desktop header and be like, we'll show the mobile header all the time. Okay. Well, all right. We, now we got our, left side menu flying in, we got all that set up. Okay, then I had to go inside that menu and rewrite it because the way that the interior of that menu worked in the design is completely different than the way it would normally work inside Turbo. So it's one of those things where it's like, the part you see initially, that was all just, that's just the standard Turbo setup. But once you click on that menu, that's entirely custom inside that menu. It's really, it's a smart way of doing it because then we're, there's just so much work done for us already but then it, it it is it assumes you have to be a competent theme developer for this to work because you have to be able to understand turbo and turbo is an odd duck in a lot of ways like there's a you know it's existed for what five years now maybe more possibly more i don't yeah. know a I mean, while yeah we're on version seven uh and so there's a lot of weird ways it does things that you like kind of got to know like this is what turbo is going to do to me right now and know how to <laughs> screw with that it's idiosyncrasies so you mentioned the menu. It always uses a mobile menu. There's just always a hamburger menu. And then within the hamburger menu, it's 
a little different, a little unusual. Well, yeah. To Shitty's credit, they actually don't have that many products in the grand scheme of things. I mean, do you know how many like product pages are on this store, Craig? Would you say uh, seventy to eighty? Yeah, that I, makes I, life easier. I'm, sh- I'm I mean, I'm shocked it's even that much. Yeah, I it, mean, it's mostly it's mostly shirts. Like, there's probably thirty five shirts. I would say twenty five stickers, backpacks, two coolers. Some. I mean, and I mean, you true you truly only have four overarching collections. There's coolers, add ons, which are which are like plates, stickers, and apparel. And when you're working with such a narrow focused product catalog you can really kind of get fiddly with it because you don't have to make these giant menus. Like remember a year ago when we were talking about the minor league baseball store and the minor league baseball store has to have a menu that you can navigate a hundred different minor league teams. Yeah. Like, and then all the different types of products that those carry here, we only got four things. So that allows you to get real crazy with the design. So the initial thing when you see, when you open that menu is just a cat is just a collection switcher and you can look at some products, like main products from the different collections on the store, and you, you could even put the products inside the menu. Yeah, I think uh, to go off of that point, Kurt, when you and I first started talking about this, you labeled it something really good that I didn't know to label it as this, but you said, I said I just wanted to eliminate clicks. I wanted to make navigation as easy as possible, and you said, yeah, less click debt. And now when I, yeah, when I look at our site, I just I look at it, look at it in a sense of click debt to where people can get from start to finish significantly quicker than they could on our last site, which I think is a huge improvement. Yeah, I mean, that's the main thing with the funnel. The concept of the sales funnel is that every page gets people closer and closer to buying. Well, if you can remove pages out of the middle of that funnel, they're now closer to buying. The funnel's narrower. The other thing I I like about this site, as far as navigation goes, so if I I open my hamburger menu, all things lead to product. You know, really, like, that's the first... The first 12 links are products. So it's not, you know, like a site where it's like shop and then about, blog, FAQ, where they do everything except the shopping nav. It drives drives me crazy because it's just an easy opportunity. And so you yours is clever. It goes product type, then a mega menu that's three images, and it totally fits on mobile for the coolers. That's our, our hero category. Well, because there's only two coolers. So if you click on apparel or whatever, there's even more product. And then below that is shop by category, in which you've themed things. Because the, the types are, um, you know, patches, stickers, T-shirts. And so it, we've, we've just passed April 20th, so there's a 420 collection is the first one. I click that. And then what I think is, is clever, and more people should do this because it's not hard. Once I'm shopping by theme and I'm on a collection, there is a sub-nav at the top of the collection page to s- swap through the other themes. And so it's like we know by intent they're shopping by theme. So now you've presented them with really a, a personalized menu for swap through themes. And it's going to swap through layouts that they're already looking at and familiar with. I don't know how intentional this was, but I think it works incredibly well. Yeah, we, we took this and uh, when we were researching sites, we took this one from Truff. So I hadn't ever seen this actually to where somebody could click into one collection and then within that same page navigate to every collection. So I just looked at it, like you said, it's like why like more people should do this. I just said, why aren't we doing this? Why, do, why are we kicking somebody off of a collection page altogether when we can just load each of them within the same view? So that's where we landed yeah, on really, that. As far as sales funnels go, it's incredibly clever because I land on the site and once I start shopping, you have to keep them browsing. 
And like IKEA knows this. IKEA is an intentionally Byzantine layout because they know the more time you spend walking the store, the more likely you are to buy and the higher your cart value will be. And so we could do that on a website if we don't have dead ends. And you've done that here by solving for that. There is no dead end here. Even if I'm in this collection and I don't run into a product I like, um, I could just jump to a different category and keep going. Because even if I'm in something I don't like, the stuff is so, it's fun, it's irreverent, and if I've made it this far, I'm already a candidate to buy. Yeah, I, th- I think all of that's uh, is quite clever. I think I think something to point out too on these collection pages. We recently transitioned from a two by two to just a one by one on mobile, and I wasn't fully convinced on doing this until Austin laid it out really, really clearly. Where I agreed with it a hundred percent when he said it. Like you just think about the way people scroll on their phones now with Instagram and TikTok. Having a photo, having a one by one display to give them the clearest look possible of that product, like undoubtedly in my mind, is better than a two by two and trying to throw more at them with a smaller image. When people, they're used to scrolling at this point, right? They're used to that finger motion, scrolling through Instagram, scrolling through TikTok. So I love how this website turned out on collection pages when you get a one by one view of every single product because you are very, you're really zoomed in on it to where you know exactly what you're getting with it and the quality of it. This episode was brought to you by the team at Rewind, a trusted Shopify app since 2015. If you're a Shopify partner, join leading agencies like Milk Bottle Labs, Velstar, and Mac Digital Designs, and more in the Rewind Agency Partner Program. You can earn up to $2,000 for recommending Rewind to your clients, and you can rest easy knowing that the hard work you've done for your clients is protected. If you're a merchant, feel confident and enjoy peace of mind that your store is always safe with automated backups. It's like having your very own magic undo button. Learn more by looking up Rewind in the Shopify app store or visit rewind.com. Best of all, visit rewind.com slash Kurt Elster and get a 30-day free trial. Craig, this this app, at least at face value, doesn't use a ton of apps. Are there any like must-have apps in here? Um, yeah, honestly, we've, we've done away with quite a few of our apps. We're probably going to go back to some of the bold upsell stuff. We've just... We loved upsells at first, but then we started to hate them because we felt like our website was too pop-up heavy, which we've tried to incorporate things more subtly on this site. Um, So we might go back to like a bold upsell app. Um, I would say one of the most important apps that we have is the back in stock notifications app, which I think you mentioned it was one of the first apps to ever get released on Shopify. And I can't emphasize it enough, like our backpack coolers, that's our biggest struggle as a business right now is stocking the amount of backpack coolers with the amount of different uh, variants as we want. But when we run out of a backpack cooler, we we get one, two, three, four, five hundred signups, more than that typically, depending on what the variant is and how creative it is. But we put those things back in stock and we instantly have a huge day because we get, I would say we convert like 15 to 20% of those signups because they're very highly qualified people. And you're never going to convert, you know, an extremely high rate just within e-commerce. People are going to lose attention, go somewhere else. Some people just become disinterested. But we always get a good batch of people from that back back in stock notification email or text message that goes out because they support SMS signups as well. Um, And it converts really well. So, like, if you're a store where you do ever run into inventory issues, you're not fully print on demand. That's, like, one that no doubt you should have it in place. Uh, The other cool app thing on here is AR, LeVar. Oh, yeah, I completely... Is that how it's pronounced, or is it just Lev AR? I've struggled with that. I want to ask the rep. It's probably Lev AR, but 
Lavar's good too. Yeah, I'm a I'm a Star Trek TNG fan, so I so see it and I'm just like Lavar Burton. <laughs> yeah, I think it's like an alternate Mario brother. It's Lavario. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Lavario. So, so to go off of this one, it's this me, one was Lavario. <laughs> this one was interesting because Trevor randomly took this call with this AR guy, and he's like, "Yeah, I think we could do something cool." The guy, great sales pitch. They mocked up a G1 Patriot in augmented reality before we got on the call. So hook, line, and say, like, just reeled us in right away, right? Like, we jump on the call, we see this, and it's one of those kind of a shiny object thing to where it's like we gravitate towards it. We're like, that's cool. How do we get it? Um, but once we started to really think it through on the new site, we support AR only on one of our backpacks right now. Every version of the G1 that comes out is going to have its own AR. Um, and we support it on our 10-pack uh, or our sticker 10-packs. So, so you can out- put the stickers on things you have. Yeah. So, well, in in the view. Yeah. So the the way it works, I sent it over to Kurt when we were in Fort Lauderdale recently for an event. We, we had a perfect setting. We were right right along like this canal or channel, whatever it is. And we were all just chilling out there drinking. And I pull up the site and I click on the AR for the starter 10 pack for stickers and, you know, take, takes control of your phone, says, move your phone around a little bit so it can get a grasp for like the surroundings. And we're all sitting right there and, an old ass green Coleman cooler, which is like a staple of the brand, pops up in front of us on my phone with a 10 pack of stickers. And in that moment, we all just lost our shit because it's like you come to the realization of how far the brand has come at that point, where it's like four or five years ago, we literally, we were just a sticker company. And now we have an AR version of this old ass cooler with a 10 pack sitting in front of us from our website on AR. So I don't know how well it's going to help us convert, but it's one of those things that as time continues to pass, I think AR, I feel like we're somewhat of an early adopter within e-commerce. I don't see too many people incorporate it the way we've incorporated it. They might have a button that says view it in my space, but we've kind of taken it to the next level where you can rotate it on the product detail page. You can do all that cool stuff. Uh, but it's definitely something. Yeah, the first time we played with it, it, we, it blew our minds. We oh, all yeah. put like pulled out his phone immediately with ease dropped this virtual backpack on our table yeah. and then i grabbed my backpack to see if it got the size right and it did it did yeah we we actually went through like five iterations of that specifically for sizing like we had to go back and forth size of the lid size of the backpack itself size of the patches on the side size of the koozies like this company that we work with man they're they're really good at what they do and it's very affordable in terms of like monthly you know um, just storage or cloud hosting, whatever you want to refer to it as, uh, to manage all of these things. It's and it was just a drop in on the theme. Like I built out the section. It's like okay, you know, it it had some text in the AR section on the product pages. So I you know put the text in there, styled correctly, and I just made an empty div. Yeah, I just wrote in that div like AR thing goes here, and then they went into the theme and they put in their embed. It's just an embed to a link to their site. And it all loads on your store. It was just completely turnkey. At least from my end, it was turnkey. I don't. It doesn't sound like you guys did. You guys did very no. much either. No, man, we didn't. We didn't have to do much of anything. We just gave them theme access, and they did their thing. Uh, it's one of those things. I, do we think it'll help conversion that much? No, but for the brand we're trying to become, if out of you know, we get quite a few visitors every day, monthly over the year. If we can get a small percentage of those people to have like that wow factor, that really that sells it for them. And we, we really look at this, which I think other brands can latch onto this too. I wouldn't assign it only to conversion value. We plan on making this a UGC 
uh, way of producing content. So something that we're going to start doing is people within our group, like whether it's me or Luke, if we're sitting around the campfire, we can nonchalantly just pull up our phone and act as if like anyone on TikTok or Instagram reels would like shitty coolers came out with this new badass 10 pack. And we instantly just pull up the AR, throw it next to the fire that we're hanging out at. And then we post it to Instagram. And it's, it's one of those easy ways to start developing UGC content around your brand. So it unlocks a ton that we're not even sure how we're going to capture the true potential of it right now. Cause it's still early on, but we know we're going to be able to get value out of it from that aspect too. Uh, so what's next for the site? You did a lot, but there were some things we kicked to phase two. Anything cool coming in the future? Um, well, we'll, we'll probably, by the time this gets published, we'll probably have Luke's video up there for our story. In terms of like functionality, uh, we're in, we just upgraded to Shopify Plus, so we're going to be working through some type of cool upsell at checkout. We just need to land out what type of product we want. Um, I mean, I love where it's at right now. It's functioning smoothly. Like, Paul, you did a great job. There's, it's not buggy at all. Um, I mean, there's, it's, it's everything that we were looking for in it. And I mean, that's why we were leading up to launch. And it's like, there's some things that were nice to haves and things that we needed. And we, we really did a good job of communicating through it to have almost all of the nice to haves and everything that we need. So I love where it's at right now. I could talk about all the weird little crap I did on this site all day. Like all the videos is actually two videos. There's like a mobile version and a desktop version. Oh yeah. But so the but so the video doesn't it's not running two videos at the same time, like a piece of JavaScript sniffs out the size of the viewport width and then injects a different video depending on whether the uh you're on desktop or mobile. Like the collection images, there's one collection image, but the aperture around the collection image changes. So they're big wide letterbox on desktop, but they're more squarish on mobile. Square, yeah. I use the CSS aspect ratio uh, rule a lot. It is my favorite thing on the planet. Uh, if you- Saves a lot of headache. You can just responsibly define, like hard define the size of anything, but you don't have to do it in pixels. So it'll work. You're just like, this should be three one. If the browser viewport is, you know, 2,000 pixels wide, it should be 3.1. And if the browser viewport is, uh, you know, 400 pixels wide, then it should be one by one. It should be square. And you just do all that, and then the browser will resize that element according to those rules responsively, and I love it. I do it constantly on that site because uh, Craig's a fiddly little boy, and I needed to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, the one, one thing that I do love that you incorporated too that's really clean on the on – the, dashboard side within Shopify is the nav thumbnails. Like when somebody opens up that navigation menu, you add it in a different layer to where we could have, you know, you have the product photo as a fallback to where if somebody sees the G1 Patriot or they see a sticker pack, it can be just the regular product image, but we can also override that thumbnail and, and get a different type of, uh, get a different type of thumbnail to show up in there. So the nav menu is just, the nav menu is really clean. There's so many meta fields on this site. <laughs> yeah. Cause you, cause you know, you just want to, you guys wanted to have like such pinpoint control on every single element. And I was, you know, there's just so many sections. I was like, well, the FAQ section, that's one image, right? Just across uh, for every FAQ. And you're like, no, that's going to be different for every product. It's like, okay, that's a meta field now. Well, have fun well, filling that out. That was another thing where you guys completely came through. Every product on this store has like, 15 meta fields that need to get filled out and it's like they're not fucking filling out all these meta fields nope you totally did <laughs> like i'm pl i'm pleasantly surprised at every stage of this project <laughs> yeah we, I, I still have to go in and fill out uh, for all the t-shirts but everything else is pretty much good to go but i mean yeah from like the 
the FA, like we had a lot of meetings because we're trying to eliminate a lot of support tickets. So, you know, we integrated loop returns in parallel with this entire job. Like we went over all of our frequently asked questions. We organized those from a product level to a collection level to a company level. So, I mean, we were able to get that organized. You're running gorgeous for the first time. Yeah, we're running gorgeous live chat for the first time, which like instead of people saying, you know, trying to reach out via email and feeling like they're taking too long to respond, like they're able to just open up a support chat right now and at least acknowledge themselves through a support chat on the site instead of having to open up an email composer, whether it's Gmail, whatever the hell it might be, and go that route. So um, we definitely want to make things way, way easier, be much more informative, uh, get people to check out quicker on the site. Having gone through the process, anything you would have done differently? Um, you can also say, hell no, I did it right. No, yeah, I wish we, I wish we would have done it sooner, but we just we weren't all full-time to be able to dedicate the time to it, which I think if we would have tried to have done it sooner, it would have been a disservice to the job because part of it would have been half-assed somewhere along the way. It definitely was a full-time commitment, and no, I wouldn't change anything. I love how it turned out. Uh, you guys did a great job working with us, communicating, and uh, yeah, killed it. So if I'm ready to get the party started, where do I go? You go to shittycoolers.com. You can check us out on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, any of those as well. If you want a discount code, uh, Kurt, I'll get you to drop a discount code in the comments. I need to go into our dis. I should have one ready, but I don't have my dashboard open right now. Uh, but we'll drop a code to you so anyone that's listening to this can go check us out. And uh, yeah, get a backpack cooler, deck out your old cooler with a sticker pack. We're running a new uh, BOGO 50% off t-shirts deal on the site that just launched with the new site. So stock up on some good t-shirts. The 420 collection just rolled out and Austin killed it with some hilarious shirts and stickers. Uh, so yeah, shittycoolers.com. Very cool. Craig, thank you so much for, for including us. We're really proud of it. Yeah, I was just going to say thank you, Craig. Like we're really, we are re- truly proud of this project. This is the best thing we've done in months. That's awesome. Love to hear it. I appreciate working with you guys too. And, uh, Obviously not going anywhere. We're, uh, we'll be working with you guys here the next week and month and beyond that. So We look forward to it. Thanks, guys. Privy is the fastest way to grow sales with email and SMS. You can build your list, save abandoned carts, send money making emails and texts, and more, all in one place. Plus, you'll get coaching and support from e-commerce experts no matter where you start. Privy is the number one rated sales app on Shopify and has helped merchants deliver over 7 billion in online sales. Join the thousands of merchants growing with Privy by signing up for a free 15-day trial today. Just head over to privy.com slash unofficial Shopify to get started. That's P-R-I-V-Y dot com slash unofficial Shopify. If you'd like to help us spread the joy of entrepreneurship, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. If you're listening on a smartphone, tap or swipe up over the cover art of this podcast. You'll find some episode notes, including links to sites we discussed, and maybe some details you missed. You'll also find offers from our sponsors, so please support our show by supporting them. And thank you. The unofficial Shopify podcast was recorded and hosted by me, Kurt Elster, produced by my business partner, Paul Rita, for our Shopify partner agency, EtherCycle. Check us out at EtherCycle.com. Thanks for listening.